Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome you to Porch Thought. This is your host, Alan. And this is a Skype call. And I am calling out to the Buffalo, New York area for the one and only Fuzzy from Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. We got some catching up to do. Buddy, how goes it up in the Northeast? Greetings, my friend. And uh, cheers to you. Right on. You were doing better than I. Hey, I'm doing a uh, Genesee uh, Ruby Red Kolsch. It's a a fine pisser, as some say. I got a Miller Lite. I like a good old Miller Lite. That's a good one. Yeah, that's that's one thing that, um, you know, we say about the the local art freaks around here. Whenever you're putting on a show is make sure you bring something cheap enough for our college art students to have a drink. Yeah. Because yeah. Lord well, knows it broke. It's a step above Natty Ice, you know, so it's good. It's not a big step, but it is definitely a step in the right direction. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, man, uh, man, it's it's been real crazy, and I wanted to start out with just talking a little bit about uh, how this friendship has grown. So we met each other through uh, NPR Tiny Desk Concert Series about three years ago now. Is it that long? Yeah. Damn. Well, hey. All right. Yeah. Cheers to that, right? Yeah, cheers to that. And so uh, just through that Facebook group that we all got thrown into, every participant that was in Facebook, I made a post like talking, hey, I got a, a podcast called Porch Talk. I love musicians. want to talk to them about uh, what they do and why they do it. And you knocked on my door. And uh, ever since then, uh, I've really believed in what you've been doing. And it's been great to uh, share your story and your music with uh, listeners of the show. And, man, it's, I think this is number four for you, if I'm not mistaken, of being on the show. Yeah, it's cool because, like, <clears throat> I don't know, right at that time, I think you were just getting Porch Talk going. Uh, Fuzzy and the Rust Belts was just starting to uh, mm-hmm. choke. And so it's like kind of like your podcast and our band have kind of been moving along the same parallel in a, in a different universe, so to speak. So it's been really cool to just see you and how um, your program has grown, um, you know, at the same time. And uh, it's really it's really great content you got putting out there. Yeah, it's uh, and speaking of content, uh, speaking of songs, uh, I've really been impressed with. Uh, the things that I've been seeing that y'all are up to on top of uh, the releases of new songs and what y'all have had going on, dude. And we've got some catching up to do. Uh, I wanted to jump out of the gate and kind of set you back a little bit. 
is uh, I've never asked you this. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> we, we've talked, you know, and we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, how Fuzzy and the Rust Belt started, and you may have to allude to this as you answered this question: is when did you really start taking it serious as far as? Well, this is something that I really want to do, and if you're going to be in this band, here's what I require. What did that look like? Um, I I think like the seriousness began once the the recording was done, and like we were going to have an album release show. Um, and I took it serious. I wanted it to be, you know, the best you know, show that we could possibly do because it was like, you know, first impressions, right? Um, and so after that album release and what a success it was, um, you know, I had done the WRK thing and, you know, came in second for that for that year. Um, but it wasn't really until like February when like we got a little bit of a taste um, of being on like, this huge stage with like Mitchell Tenpenny, Rodney Atkins, um, and Maddie and Tay. And it was like, yeah, I kind of like this. This is, this is neat. You know? So, um, you know, we continued, you know, having weekly rehearsals, you know, even if it w was nothing to rehearse, but the same songs just over and over again, you know, and you just woodshed it. Um, and it just kept going up and up. And, you know, I, <clears throat> You know, I have a friend of mine that, you know, I was uh, bouncing ideas off and he kind of guided me and tell me what's a good idea, what he thought was a bad idea. Um, and, you know, I put things to the test, especially with social media. And I think like 2019, you know, there were certain things that were popular then that now not so popular, like memes were all the rage, right? So sure. like started using memes to promote shows and, and it was a great way to, you know, gain some traction online. And, um, you know, it just, it just kept snowballing throughout the year. And, you know, I've always been real passionate with music ever since I was a kid and in high school. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a love of mine and, uh, being able to do that now in my late thirties, you know, it's just, it's awesome to be able to do it again. And at, a, at the level that it's been at, um, totally unexpected. <laughs> I wish, uh, this would have happened 20 years ago kind of thing, but, uh, yeah, right. It's great. I, I, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. And so what kind of, what kind of, uh, room are you setting when it comes to practice, uh, with the band members of, do you have to have, do you ever have to have that one-on-one to where like, you're not bringing the, the right energy. You're not, you're not putting enough time in. Like, uh, do you ever have to have those conversations? Um, not really. I mean, on occasion, um, you know, I'll ask a member, you know, is everything okay? Like, are you doing all right? You, you still digging what we're doing and what we're getting at and um, all that kind of stuff. I've had a lot of extensive conversations, um, but nothing where, like, I've had to, you know, hey, we're going to do this or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I kind of um, go in with an approach that... Um, you know, I don't want to be, you know, a total dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're all, you know, we've all got families. Everybody's got jobs. And 
this is supposed to be something that we all love because that's why we're here. You know, mm-hmm. we basically all our money that we make from a show, we put in an envelope and we save it, you know, or, you know, put in an account or whatever. And, and we save that money so that we have money for our website. We have money to buy merch. We have money to, um, you know, pay for the next album and promote it and all that stuff that comes along with it. It's expensive. You know, I mean, I look at like even my website costs, it's like almost $400 a year, mm-hmm. you know? So it's cool. Like no one is got an ego so big as, you know, I've worked with some people. It's like, well, I got to make a minimum of a hundred dollars. And it's like, okay, but you got a really good job. Like let's like try and feed the band. You know, it doesn't make any money, especially in original music. You know, we're not a cover band, so we can't go, um, you know, playing all over the place and stuff like that. So it, it really, uh, it, it's great that we're all on board being able to pool our assets together. Yeah, I mean, and that's really some of the heartbreak that I hear. And that's really why I posed that question just out of the gate was um, I don't think it's about going into music for the wrong reason. But like a lot of times it seems to me that when a band gets going, um, some members in the band, whether it be the front man or maybe the lead guitarist, they begin to take it a little bit more serious than other members to where it's not so much of a heart project as it is to something that they can see as a means to an end. Even though they might be putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Like I believe it's great to have to be realistic about the band go, but it's also important to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Right. And I don't think you don't you don't really want to reach too high, so to speak, but um you don't want to push what's working harder than what it's already working. Right. Yeah. I mean, realistic, realistic expectations. Yeah. That's what you got from you. It's, it's taken um, certain objectives, certain goals. What do we want to do this year? You know, okay, we want to put out an album for 2023. Okay. How are we going to get there? Well, we need to make money. Okay. Well, we're going to book these gigs. May not like this one gig in particular, but hey, it's pretty good. And, you know, if we can gain some Instagram followers and some Spotify listeners from that, that's all the better. Maybe we can sell a couple hundred bucks in merch, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, we do that. And that's what we've been doing this summer. But we've had a, a string of wonderful shows uh, that we've played, and we've enjoyed the hell out of them. And, um, <clears throat> you know, but our expectation is to, okay, let's generate some income so that we can go into the fall, get into pre-production for this album. And then also, while we're doing that, search for a producer and a studio that we want to record at. Um, whether it's going back to Old Bear or GCR, we don't know yet. Uh, who are we going to use as a producer? We're um, in the search right now. Um, but then, you know, getting into, you know, the new year, January slow, February slow. We'll grab a few gigs there. Maybe they don't pay as much as we want. It's just to keep our our minds fresh and, and uh, keep the juices going, but, um, and then get into some recording, um, you know, realistic expectations. And then, you know, we, I know that spring and summertime are going to be busy here in Western New York. And, uh, you know, do we want to stretch out a little bit and become more regional? That's stuff we got to look at, but you got to research it too. 
That's right. And um, because travel costs money, you know, even if it's, you know, 60, 70 miles east or west of here, it still costs money. We want to, you know, be able to, whoever's driving, we want to be able to f- feed the gas bill. You know? mm-hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just uh, within the region that uh, we're in with Cosmic Gravy right now is uh, we're based in like Meridian, Mississippi. And when you think about Alabama, Mississippi, these music towns are fairly spread out. Like you have to drive an hour, two hour, three hour, four hour. And it may be like a weekend stretch and you become somewhat of a road warrior over the weekend just to make these gigs connect. But you can play that Friday or Saturday night show and you can execute that perfectly for those same reasons. But, uh, at a point in the execution with as high as gas prices are, it's like, well, not only do we have to factor in, we're doing it for the love of music. We also have to be able to cover our gas and we also be able to put things back for the band. And, uh, that becomes a bit of a tedious process. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fairly, uh, you, you like to pretend you don't do it for the money and then like, Right when an obstacle like that pops its little ugly head up, you'd be like, well, maybe we do just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, realistic, right? You're being realistic about it. You know, in order to do the thing that you love, you still need to be able to fund it. You know, while we're not all taking home a paycheck here, we're feeding the band account so that we can fund things. You know, and so that's how we, we look at it. And that's how I've looked at it for a lot of years, um, going all the way back to high school and college. Um, mm-hmm. We do the same thing. And it's for the love of music. Do it. And that was one of, I think, the big things that I um, wanted to make sure when, when we were putting this band together is, you know, everybody was in it for the reasons that we, we love music and we love mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it, it just really, you constantly reality check yourself when it comes to things like that. And, um, you know, we've gotten a little, uh, little haughty toward one another at times. Uh, we just recently had a practice and the main thing of the theme of the practice was everyone is given a hundred percent. And like my takeaway, although I agreed with it was, if we take the social aspect out of this, if this is just a performance, I'm a little bit scared of that because we're going to miss the actual social aspect of it. Like I want to be professional in the way that we sound and that we're hitting the correct notes and we're providing the right vibe. But uh, what about in the set breaks? What about in the after show? Like, are we, are we that strict to where we're really not going to uphold ourselves to uh, the reason that we were there playing for for the crowd to provide entertainment? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's important now what you do before and after a show and how you present yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and you can hold that as so many different, you know, professions, you know, just the way your character um you know, is laid out, you know, you got a, you know, a person, you have character, or you don't, and um, you want to have good character when you're uh, working with people and 
especially with venues and with fans and stuff like that. And one of the things I always say at the end of the show is, hey, you know, we're going to be over near the merch table. Uh, stop on over. We'd love to connect with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess it's one of those little things I caught from church. You know, we'd love to connect with you. Oh, yeah. um, you know, but, but you know, it, it's inviting, right? It, it uh so, and it makes people feel comfortable and you, you become approachable that way. And so that's something that we, we tried to do. And, um, but, you know, as far as like shared responsibility, um, I know there's more weight on my shoulders, you know, and I, I, I do a lot of stuff, right? Um, but, you know, as, as my cousin always says, this is more of my baby than his, you know, um, he loves it. He likes doing it. Um. But at the same time, you know, I'm the guy putting out the posts, you know, and uh, doing a lot of stuff. Just recently, it's hard for me to let go of yeah. the ring. It's it's really hard for me. And I've had this conversation with Mandy a bunch of times. And so she's just started our TikTok account. And she's going to be managing that. Um, we just started. So- Did you? And, and that's <laughs> a bit of like inner strife came from for us was because we began to see some numbers that we had never seen from Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, you're talking about a hundred times or maybe a thousand times more of engagement. Right. And my fear was don't let these numbers and inflation get in your head and don't, don't allow this to think that we're more than what we are in the moment. Like, this is a different age demographic that we're hitting. You're reaching younger people is what you're doing. Right. Like the younger people are not on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. Like that's our age group, a little bit younger, a little bit older, but like TikTok, that's where the teenagers are. Yeah. And so it is important to, I believe as someone who is in music or in any kind of sphere, whether it be podcasting to have, some engagement on TikTok just because that's a whole demographic of people that that's the best way to reach them. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, It's amazing. Mandy, she put up a a video and overnight it had like a thousand views, like within seven hours, you know, and it's, I'm like, Holy cow. Like that's the power of TikTok, you know? And so I'm like, all right, we'll we'll have to start generating this type of content more. Um, you know, but it's time consuming too. I mean, making content is time consuming. And for me, it's a struggle, right? Because do I write a song or do I create content for the week? And yeah, you know, it's setting priorities, you know, and, uh, and realistic expectations of of where I want to be in a year, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then when it comes to question of content, it's like uh, just with Porch Talk Media, it's like I'll pull up like bits from old sketches that we've done in years gone by that we never released and just release it like it's something brand new. And it gets away with itself. It's like a, a form of comedy and just trying to relate with you for 15 seconds to make you smile. And that works well for me. But like if I was given time each day versus putting work into porch talk or songwriting or into practicing for cosmic gravy. Uh, I'd be giving up something that I didn't need to be given time up for. Right. And who knows if it's even fruitful. Right. 
because TikTok for me and like it's hit or miss is like because I, I don't know what they're into. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's again, it goes down to the research and yeah. looking into you know what's the average you know length of video and uh, the average time spent on a video. What's interesting? What are the popular hashtags of the month. I mean, like, there's so many things that you got to look into. It's nuts. So it's it's fun. It can it can be fun, and you can really dive into a lot of rabbit holes. Oh yes. Yeah. But you know, at some point, though, I got to tell myself, put the phone down. You know, mm-hmm. the, you can just get all consumed with it. Yeah, and so to step away from just something that that just someone listening who may have just formed a band or is like on the verge of like what we're talking about uh, to a more personal is uh, what in the world has fuzzy and the rust belts been up to? What have we been up to? Well, so we had a little bumpy start 2022. Everybody got COVID again. And uh, so that took a bunch of months uh, off. Butch had a baby. So he took some time off. Um, we did some recording at the beginning of the year, um, so we put out back in May. Um, Mandy actually led this uh, single called "The Way You Move," and uh, we were really excited to put it out. What's that? I've got a question for you about that, by the way. Okay, um, so well, that song came out of a uh, late night writing session over text message, believe it or not, and. Uh, I was sending her little voice memo clips. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. We went forth on uh, lyrical ideas and, uh, and concepts and stuff. Uh, and it was just cool. Within like three hours, um, we ended up putting the song together. But like anything, it took a year, year and a half before we recorded it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was cool, though, because I was sitting there, I'm writing it, I'm singing it, and I'm like, yeah, I like it, but. I wonder if, if Mandy sang it, if it would sound the way I, I hear it. And it, man, it popped when she started singing it. Oh, the power of Mandy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her voice is awesome. Uh, so uh, my question, uh, which I'm glad you alluded to the story of the song, but uh, as you may know that I'm getting ready for Porch Talk Volume 2. Okay. And- to have a little fuzzy in the rust belt with a female-led Amanda Joy, uh, if there might be any interest. Okay, right. we can we'll talk to... about more later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, just to uh, and I, I've been pitching that idea because, like, uh, with Porch Talk Volume One out, uh, I'm really proud of that work, and with Volume Two, uh, I really want to blow some people's socks off. Sure. Sure. It's, it's and I, I believe maybe we've we've done that, but I was like, these girls really can, really can do something you probably aren't aware of. Yeah, <laughs> or female uh, female singers on volume two. That's, that's right. What you're, that's about. Okay, gotcha. Cool. I and like then, that. And then uh, volume three is going to be uh, collaborations. Okay. And so that would open up, you know, a maelstrom of things that could happen yeah like i say we'll, we'll talk about that uh some more uh a little bit down the road when when time comes but uh sure. uh just with some of the events and things that y'all have had y'all have had some cool opportunities 
these just in the past and there's some cool ones upcoming so uh tell us a little bit about just some of the festivals and things that y'all been up to yeah we had a busy august um actually even in july um we put you know played uh, one of our favorite places was uh west falls center for the arts and had a great crowd there um really great people who own that place um and then a couple weeks after that we hit a string of festivals you know buffalo's country music festival um the uh, Howlin' Hills Festival, and uh, what else do we do? Rockstock, uh, the Eden Corn Festival, which is real close to my heart because I grew up in Eden, New York. And, uh, dude, it was so cool to just, you know, play in my hometown, you know, at the, you know, everybody's laughing at me, you know. But, dude, it was a fantastic time. We had a great crowd. It was hotter than hell outside. Oh my gosh. If you look at the, some of the photos. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't know if I if I put like a, a start of the show photo and an end of the show photo. I was wearing a brown shirt. It, it was black by the end of the show. It was fully fully soaked. Not a dress. And uh, it was so hot out. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It was brutal. It was it was like ninety two and I think like the humidity was like, I don't know, seventy or eighty percent. Yeah. It was like what in Alabama? <laughs> Yeah, dude, uh, we just had uh, some, some of the more recent shows I played, and uh, you can play inside or outside this bar, and I, uh, I just, I couldn't believe for that evening I was I was playing outside, <coughs> because, I mean, it, it was a rather hot evening, and you usually get put inside if the crowd isn't what it should be, and the crowd wasn't what it should have been, and I was like, I'd really like to play just inside and just for yeah. uh, not only save face, but just to save myself sweating my balls off. Yeah. <coughs> and, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't given to me. So I just played outside, but yeah, it's like uh, Mississippi, Alabama right now, buddy, if you're outside, uh, within 30 minutes, boy, you're roasted. Oh dude, it's a sweat fest, man. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, like and when I was, down in Virginia for a little while, uh, near DC. And dude, you walk outside and it's insta sweat. Like the waterworks. Yeah. It's messed up. I'm like, this is stupid. No way. <laughs> like, I'll come and visit. <laughs> it's too freaking hot, man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just too much. Well, dude, uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, songwriting process just through the way that you and uh, Mandy uh, 
uh, related back and forth about the song that she led. I wanted to uh, ask something more personal about Fuzzy and the Rust Belts, and I think we've hit a little bit on it. But when y'all get together, how do you lead a practice? What is what does a Fuzzy and the Rust Belt practice look like? It depends on what. Um the priority is at the time. Um, but I mean, I would say the majority of the time, if we're going to be doing some writing, um, you know, we'll go around the room. Everybody will pick a song. We'll rehearse it quick just to warm up. So we'll do like six songs and then we'll get into new material. Um, if it, you know, if we're rehearsing for a show, uh, we'll rehearse that set list two or three times. Um, as if we're in, in a show. So, you know, on my, on my set list, I've started to put little, uh, reminders and notes on there of what to talk about, what to, you know, pitch your merch, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mandy leads this or, uh, Newt starts the song off, that kind of stuff, these little reminders and even tuning reminders too. It's like, take a breath, tune. You know, you just reminded me of something else I wanted to ask you about because of I was going back and listening to um, the first album of y'all. And as far as the work done, like uh, I guess it was one thing I I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to fuzzy was uh, you did you did spend a good amount of time with the intro and outro of a song like it's not like a singer songwriter song to where you you play a, a measure or two and you just kick in but like it seemed like you know maybe your cousin had a good guitar lick to to add to it before you got going or right. there was something going on immediately with the song to let you know this is that song right of did that come from like studio work or did that just come from like listening to music over the years? Like just to have that kind of ear on the ground for like, well, I really don't want this to sound like I recorded it right out of my bedroom. Right. Um, well, like with that sweet song, mm. for instance, intro that. So originally it was just what you would hear the start of the verse being. And Carl, um, who produced it at the time? He wasn't yet, you know, performing. Yet. He was just recording, and he was listening to it. He's like, "What if we took, uh, you know, the lick that Butch is playing and, and move it into the intro part before you start out singing? And then that way, it's not as re- repetitive, um, and you have like a, 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 you know, a nice intro that once you hit that first note, everybody knows what it is." Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, so Carl was a big influence uh, for uh, some of the intros on that album, um, you know, and, you know, as far as other things, I think they, you know, I never, I don't think I ever set out for, um, for it to just start the way it did. I think it just, you know, organically just happened that way for some of them. But I do think of that now. It's like that's in the back of my head every time I'm putting out a song. Yeah. It it, it truly is important. And, uh, you know, that, that remark was recently brought up to me. It was like, when you're thinking about a song, it's not only so much with, uh, the strength of the lyrics or 
a good melody. It's like you really need to envelop the audience right out of the gate with some right. kind of little earworm. Right. And right. yeah, even in the way. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, even in, in our song, the way you move, you know, the drums kick it right up. Do do do, and we're right in. Yeah. You know, um, just those little things. And before that happened, it was me for two measures playing the intro. And then the drums came in and we were listening to it. And I, I asked our engineer, I said, uh, hey, could you just cut it right to the drums and let's just hear how it sounds? And he did it. And I'm like, that's it. Right there. Yeah, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just wild how things come together. And so just to talk a little bit about what's down the pipe uh, for Fuzzy and the Rust Belts, uh, what have y'all got in the bag? And this might just be for our local Buffalo listeners. I know there's some shows coming, but what about for those who are engaging you on social media or whether it be Spotify or maybe they want a record? What's What's down the line for them? All right, so here's what we got. Since uh, since July, we <clears throat> back over COVID, we were part of that Band Together Buffalo um, uh, program. It was like a online television kind of competition. All the musicians and bands throughout uh, Buffalo got together, and anyway, one of the prizes that we won uh, was to go to GCR Audio, which is owned by Robbie Taytek. He's uh, one of the Goo Goo Dolls, and so. Uh, so his studio in Buffalo uh, is called GCR Audio. And so we went there, we recorded six live tracks uh, in studio. We only had two shots at it. So if you messed up the first time, you couldn't mess up the second time. So we did all these live tracks. We got five really good ones with five music videos. So, um, so it's awesome. So we have content now through the end of the year. So uh, this Friday, we're going to be releasing uh, the live version of our song "Ship of Fools." So, um, and that's a new really, track. I'm sorry. That's a new track, if I'm not mistaken, right? "Ship of Fools." No, 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 no. That was on the first. Yeah, yeah. They're they're all previously recorded songs. Okay. Uh, but these songs, it's weird because, like, I look at it. We kind of cover the songs from our album. Like it feels like you're just covering because we've changed them a little bit. Yeah, and and that's and that's the uh, that is really the work of a song, right? Is like, I, I, and I, that's so perfect. That was brought up, Fuzzy. I was having this conversation about how a song uh, evolves and right. and how and how a song really molds and shapes into itself. And so I love to hear different iterations of it being recorded as it lives because it generally changes over time. It sure does. And this, I mean, this is totally different. Like there's a, a whole new intro uh, that we do live uh, as opposed to what the album version sounds like. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that to come out. Um, then in October, we're going to be releasing the live version of American Tattoo um, that has way more drums in it um it's it's really uh really special um different ending and uh and then the flatlander will be out in uh, november as well and that if you've listened to the album it's just me solo acoustic uh Uh this full band uh for the flatlander and uh mandy's on 
harmonies for the this whole second half of the song. It it just it's awesome. I can't wait to release it. So we've got those to look forward to. And then December, um, I'm gonna we're gonna release all five of them together as a compilation and uh, just have that out there. Um, so we've got content all the way through the end of the year with videos and uh, working on new content as well. Um, in the meantime, we are uh, in pre-production and uh, writing a new record. And so right. we're excited that, yeah. But, um, got some cool songs, a little bit different um, vibe. You know, it's three, three and a half years later. Um, so, um, it's it's a little bit different, but it's very much still fuzzy in the Rust Belt. So that leads into okay. So I'm I'm walking this bad boy out of the door. Okay. So I three questions for you, Fuzzy. All right. Is uh, question number one was with the Mulligan year that we will call COVID. Yeah. And you just answered a bit of it. Was was that a band? Was Fuzzy in the Rust Belts a band that? was in a cocoon or was that something that they were spending time, I guess, uh, really changing and coming out as a butterfly or like, were y'all kind of just stuck? I was, I was stuck. Um, I had a hard time writing that year. Um, I, I don't know if it was just because, you know, we were homeschooling the kids too at that time. Um, so like, there was very little time to just sit and I was like spent mentally, um, during the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I had a hard time writing. And so, um, you know, I gained some weight over that time too. And uh, Me too. I know that, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm losing it. I've lost 30 pounds and uh, I've got to start that, <laughs> <laughs> but I find that I get more creative if, if I'm more, if I'm healthier, you know, if I'm if I'm making sure that I'm I'm getting my body moving, you know, it's all those good chemicals flowing in my brain, and I, and I think better and I write better and um, just you know feel better overall. So um, right now it it's really interesting because I'm starting to notice a flow more and um, you know put together some really cool songs. Um, you know that I'm looking forward to putting out. There's one song uh, Mandy challenged me to write a, uh, a love song because I don't really write love songs. Um, and so I kind of really had to go back to the well on that and uh, go to like, because it's hard. It's not easy. Like you, like love songs, it's either, you know, a bunch of BS or you got to figure out something genuine that really, because I think if, if it's genuine to you, it's going to be genuine to the audience, right? So I, I had to go back and to like original heartbreak, um, you know, and that that first real heartbreak that you have is like a teenager, or, you know, whoever it was. And so I, I went back and I really tapped into that um, lyrically, and uh, you know, it's a it's a ballad, you know. Everybody, Carl had a really hard time with it at first. He's like, "Are we need a ballad." Yeah, it, it is. It's a fail, but you know what? It's great. It's beautiful. Like, it just, I can't wait to put it out. So, um, you know, we got that. We got a couple uh, traditional kind of country songs, um, you know, a really kind of uh, neat 
a song called Adore. That's pretty, uh, it's got like this little Spanish kind of feel to it, and um, it's pretty sexy in the, in the whole vibe that it's got going. So, um, you know, it's fun. This is a fun process right now, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun writing this next album. All right, um, question two. Tell the listeners where they can connect with you on social media. Well, you can always check us out, fuzzyandtherustbelts.com, and you can link into everything there. But uh, if you're not a web surfer, go to Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can go to Twitter or uh, TikTok and type in Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. Uh, on Instagram, it's Fuzzy and the Rust Belts Official. We were hacked. So the uh, original Fuzzy and the Rust Belts account. I remember that. Oh, it's, oh it pissed me off. So Fuzzy and the Rust Belts official <laughs> on uh, Instagram. Everything else, check out. Just write Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. will pop right up. Uh, same thing with Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon. And right on question three, to walk it out of the door, what was your favorite part of this interview? My favorite part of this interview was, one, seeing your face for the first time right here on skype yeah fuck right it's it's kind of a whole different experience um a little bit yeah absolutely man we get a little facetime here um but no you know um that aside um i enjoy talking about like um you know realistic expectations you know and how to um have goals and Mm -hmm realistically achieve them and 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 take small steps to get to those those goals i i try not to have long-term goals with a band because you get into the weeds man it's like all right that long-term goal is to play madison square garden well you know what? let's just focus on playing this big club here in, in my hometown yeah you know, that's yeah yeah small steps that was uh, that's something that's really been on my heart, and I was glad that we were able to connect to have this conversation because uh, you, Fuzzy and the Rust Belts, is a band that I respect, and y'all come from the opposite side of the country, in the Northeast, and we could talk about the same issue that we're having with bands down here, and when I'm talking to these bands, to these front men or whom, whatever member of this band that is it's like let's not get so far ahead of ourselves right. let's not think too much of ourselves let's let's just a day at a time okay now it, yeah. it it is important to be critical if if you don't believe that someone is given all that they can give yeah we should definitely call that out but uh uh we should definitely be realistic about what we're pursuing yeah and you know whatever it is that you're you know, your, your genre or your style or whatever that you're putting out there, you know, that's, that's who you are. That's who your identity is a band. And it's so important. Um, that's one of those things I don't bend on, you know, as far as like how fuzzy and the rust belts go, we play an hour and a half show. I will not do three hours, you know, and I put my foot down and we lose shows because of it. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to give you an hour and a half of covers within a three-hour set. It's not going to happen. And, um, you know, we'll lose some shows. But, you know, in the meantime, we're getting some fantastic shows because we're taking ourselves seriously, which is okay. Take yourself seriously. Know who you are and and what you uh, want to achieve. 
um, you know, I'm not sitting here knocking anybody and, you know, I've done the three hour gigs years ago. I'm just, you know, for this project, um, it's an original act and, you know, we only have so much original music to play. And, uh, so we'll do that hour and a half. We'll add a few choice covers that complement our music mm-hmm. and, you know, and we'll play a show every four to six weeks, you know, typically sometimes we stack them up and they get a little back to back to back, but for the most part, four to six weeks, because, you know, within this area, um, you know, you can't be putting the same show on every weekend. People won't show up. So that's right. So, yeah, it's just thinking of it differently. And what do we do in the meantime while well, we write? And, um, you know, we try and do podcast interviews and, mm-hmm. um, you know, blogs and, and print media and all that good stuff. You, know. you got to keep you got to keep the you got to keep the chatter going. Even if even if you yeah, aren't playing exactly. shows, you got to keep the uh, you got to keep the hype up, or people will forget. I mean, as, bad, as as bad as it is, you know, it's uh, if you're not relevant on social media, like if you're not putting out content uh, day by day or ever twice a week or whatever that looks like for you, people will forget you. That's just a reality. Yeah. That's how short span everything is with our attention right now. Yeah. yeah and that's what we're trying now after COVID and being away for so long um, is, you know, we were on such a high in 2019 and I'll just deflate it. So we're trying to gain that back, that momentum. And, uh, you know, we're starting to get there. And I'm starting um, to see nice progress. I'll, I'll tell you this as a as a podcaster, like uh, you know, the whole COVID ordeal was it was it was good for the podcast because I got to catch up with people who yeah. would have constantly been on the road that I would have never been able to get an interview with, and now we've connected and have made other connections through that relationship. But now that the world is beginning to pick up its regular pace, yeah it's really hard for me to like get back in stride. And so that's yeah. something uh, it's just imagine like the guy, like just trying to jump on a treadmill that's already going. It's like, I'm really fighting to get, <laughs> to get my speed back going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, man, I, I really appreciate uh, you agreeing uh, to chatting with me this evening. And it's always a pleasure and face to face here tonight. Um, Fuzzy, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, my friend. And uh, best of luck to you. Right on, brother. (laughs) Let's walk it out of the door. Cool. Just find my answer.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.